the Progress Iowa Corn Feed goes virtual. What a week. Hi, my name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And this week we're taking a break from our normal uh, we, what a week episode to share some of the highlights from this year's sixth annual Progress Iowa Corn Feed. It was held on Wednesday, September 2nd, um, and we had a great lineup of speakers from Mayor Pete Buttigieg to our keynote with Congresswoman Katie Porter and the daughter of Joe and Jill Biden, Ashley Biden, all speaking. We had a great panel um talking about voting rights, hosted by Iowa State Representative Roz Smith, uh, Jason Kander, the uh, founder of Let America Vote, uh, Tiffany Muller, the president of End Citizens United and Let America Vote, um, and Ben Jealous, president of People for the American Way. We also heard from every Democratic member of Congress in Iowa, so Abby Finkenauer, Cindy Axney, Dave Loebsack, and three really great candidates, um, uh, running for office this year, J.D. Scholten, Rita Hart, and Teresa Greenfield. Um, above all else, this entire event was geared toward driving participation, activism, and engagement. We asked people to text, and you still can text, Iowa to 66866 to sign up for Progress Iowa's list and to get a great link to our Action Center where you can request an advance ballot, or an absentee ballot, um, learn how to volunteer to be a poll worker, and do so many other great things to stay involved, stay engaged during these last few months of the campaign. It's so important right now. That's what this event was all about, and we were thrilled that um, so many people attended. Um, it was virtual, like I said. It was online, um, but it was free to attend because we're a grassroots organization, um, and we want to expand uh, the number of people who can get involved. So... Last year, we had in-person in Cedar Rapids, just over 2,500 um, attend to hear about a dozen presidential candidates. Um, and that was last summer when we were at the height of you know caucus energy and excitement. And so we thought we'd try this, especially because of the pandemic, to be safe. Um, and we were blown away. I mean, we had, um, because of people sharing it, because of the great partners we had promoting this event, uh, online, uh, uh, virtually on Facebook, we had over 110,000 people watch this video. Um, and it's still online at our Facebook page soon. We're, it'll be up on YouTube as well. Um, so I encourage you to watch these speeches, get inspired, get motivated, and, and, and really stay active these last couple months. Um, every day counts. Every moment counts. Every conversation that you have with someone that could be voting that isn't absolutely counts, and we need you to do it. We need you in this fight. We need you with us. So text 66866, text Iowa to 66866. That's I-O-W-A to 66866 to find out more. And please enjoy uh, some of the highlights now from this year's Progress Iowa Corn Hi, everyone. It's Pete Buttigieg. I want to welcome everybody to the Progress Iowa Corn Feed of 2020. It's hard to believe that it was about three years ago when I first had the opportunity to speak at this event. You know, when I first had a chance to address you, I talked about how politics is personal, and it's personal for me 
uh, because of how my life has gone. It's personal for you in a different way. And this pandemic is showing us just how urgently, searingly, bluntly personal everything about the elections at hand is for all of us. I'm convinced that the decision we're making right now at the start of what's going to be America's deciding decade for this century is going to shape everything for the rest of our lives. That's why I'm using all of my energy to support the historic Biden-Harris ticket and Democrats all up and down the ballot. And we're really excited about the race for Teresa Greenfield and all of your fantastic candidates in the state of Iowa. Hey everybody, Teresa Greenfield here, and thank you for the invite to join you at your Progress Iowa Corn Feed. I know the year looks a little bit different than it has in the past, and I certainly want to reach out and thank the organizers for putting on this fantastic uh, virtual event. I am really honored to be the Democratic nominee for this United States Senate seat, taking on incumbent Senator Joni Ernst. And um, you know what? I got in this fight to put Iowa first. And the way we win this is if you all join me in this fight. Now, I also got in this fight for hardworking families. I carry their fight with me right here in my heart. You see, I was widowed at the age of 24, and my first husband was a lineman for the power company. He was an IBEW member, so we're a union family. And I'll tell you, unions built the middle class of this country. They've been under attack for too long, and they need us to have their back. I'll never forget why my lights come on. So when Rod died in a workplace accident, I became a single mom with a 13-month-old and another one on the way. And it was Social Security, it was his hard-earned union benefits that kept the boys and I out of poverty and gave me a chance to start over, rebuild my life, and provide for my family. So when Senator Joni Ernst talks about privatizing Social Security or going behind closed doors to gut Social Security, I said no way, and I got in this fight. Hello, Iowa Cornfeed. Congresswoman Axney here. Happy to be with this great virtual crowd of Iowans. Over the past year and a half, I've seen the best and the worst that government has to offer. I've worked with colleagues in both parties to secure funding so that folks in Southwest Iowa could rebuild their lives and communities after the flood. But I've watched special interests use their influence to force their way to the front of the line and use partisan politics to divide Americans during this pandemic. The work that needs to be done remains unfinished. And folks, we need every vote this year, so please fill out those mail-in ballot applications and make sure your voice is heard this November. Hello folks, this is Congressman Dave Loebsack, and I proudly represent Iowa's 2nd Congressional District. I know I don't have to convince you, but I do hope that you join me over these next two months doing everything we can to convince our friends and our family that they have to vote I look forward to working with you to do everything in our power to ensure that we don't wake up on November 4th with the very same feeling we woke up with on a post-election day, the day after the election in November of 2016. Thank you, and as always, enjoy the rest of the program, and let's get out and vote as if our lives depend on it. Thank you. I'm Ashley Biden, the youngest child of my parents, Joe and Jill. And I'm speaking to you today because I deeply believe and know that my dad has the character and the vision to lead this country. When I was younger, I spent a lot of time with my dad in, in communities that were hurting. I saw schools that didn't have the resources mine had, kids growing up around poverty and hunger and violence, families struggling to keep a roof overhead and pay their health care bills. But my dad never let me look away. 
He taught me that we had to stand up for those being treated unfairly. He made sure we were aware that not everyone had the opportunities we had, but that they should. I know there are Republicans in this state who are trying to make it harder, not easier, to vote. And that's a disgrace. But in the end, the best way to fight back is at the ballot box. So head to IWillVote.com to confirm your voter status, register to vote, make a plan to vote, and request your absentee ballot so your voice is heard and counted on November 3rd. Together, we can reclaim our future and help our country move closer to its founding promise of a more perfect union. Thank you all and stay safe. It is my absolute pleasure tonight to have the opportunity to introduce to you Representative Abby Finkenauer. Hey there. Thank you so much, Melissa, for the introduction. Um, you know, it's been an interesting first year in Congress. We got sworn in in the middle of a shutdown, and now we are dealing with a global pandemic on top of just three weeks ago, uh, the city of Cedar Rapids, uh, Lynn County, uh, Marshalltown, Marshall County, Benton, uh, Powashik, Iowa County, you name it. So many folks here in the first district and then also across the state were hit by a horrible storm that basically was like an inland hurricane. We're still dealing with the aftermath and I can tell you after being here on the ground, after spending the last year and a half in Congress, we've got a heck of a lot more work to do. Um, it's why we're gonna work every single day to make sure that Iowans know who has their backs, especially when it comes to making sure that Iowans get what they need. And right now, we need leaders who are responsive to that. Um, it's been an honor to represent the first district, to be a part of fighting for Iowa every single day. And we'll keep it up because for me, it's always been about Iowa and it will continue to be so. Hey everybody, J.D. Schulten here in Sioux City, Sioux. We are on our Every Town Tour where we're going to all 375 towns in Iowa's 4th Congressional District. Uh, the biggest thing is we're getting our message across of fix, fight, and secure. Fix healthcare, fight for an economy that works for everyone, and secure our democracy by cleaning up the special interests that are dictating it right now. I'm, I'm Representative Ross Smith. I represent Iowa House District 62. I'm grateful to be here and be a part of this amazing panel with these amazing panelists really talking about voting rights and what voting looks like in Iowa in 2020. Um, but before we get into, into the nitty gritty of it, I want to introduce our, our phenomenal panelists. So we'll, uh, we'll start with Tiffany. Hi, I'm Tiffany Muller. I'm the president of In Citizens United and Let America Vote. Um, next, we'll have uh, Ben Jealous introduce himself and give us a little bit of background. Hi, I'm Ben Jealous. I'm president of People for the American Way. I'm the former national president of the NAACP and I was the 2018 Democratic nominee for governor of Maryland. Uh, Jason, please give us an intro on yourself as well. It'd be great. I'm the former Secretary of State of Missouri, so I know a thing or two about the voter suppression playbook, and I'm always eager to fight against it. Oh, th uh, thank you so much, Jason, for joining us. And, and, you know, talking about voter suppression, here specifically in Iowa, we've seen a lot of changes in, in, within the voting process, right? We've seen changes to voter ID. You need a physical ID now to vote in the state of Iowa. Make sure you have that with you. And we've seen the removing of sorting machines um, for our post office, specifically in Waterloo, you know, my, my hometown, um, uh, one of the most diverse communities in the state of Iowa, right? We've seen that in our post office, having our voting machine uh, or sorting machines removed. Um, on the on the, the bright side of things, our governor actually uh, moved forward an executive order to give uh, restore voting rights to, to those who 
uh, for committed felonies in the past. So on the bright side, we have that. But then we're also talking about Kanye West being on the ballot in Iowa. And we're still kind of battling this global pandemic uh, within the state right now that is sadly on the rise. So um, with, with that being said, uh, we'll kind of start off uh, with you, Ben. What is the biggest threat to, to, to voting rights? I think the biggest threat to voting rights right now, I mean, we've got is frankly Donald Trump and we've you know got nine weeks. And so the big threat becomes us not turning out to vote. I mean, I'm very concerned. You know, it's uh, one of the reasons why we are focused in our Defend the Black Vote effort on turning out uh, young black men, 18 to 35, is that we know that with uh, demographics um, that are younger, uh, that are less wealthy, um, that are more itinerant, you know, more likely to move apartment to apartment, for instance, each year, um, that they are less likely to vote by mail the first time. And so we've got to make sure right now that everybody, especially in every battleground state like Iowa, knows how to vote this time, is prepared to do it, and that they follow through. You, you talk to me two months from now, you'll get a very different answer about what the biggest threat to our democracy is. But for the next nine weeks, it's us not turning out to vote. And we got to make sure that everybody turns out to vote. No, I think you're spot on there. I think, I think for me, you know, being uh, right a part of that demographic, uh, for me, it's really important to make sure my peers get out there and vote. You know, I'll be 33 in December and it's like, hey, I can find every reason in the world right now to participate in this election. And you should, too. Um, but Tiffany, what are some of the things that, that you're seeing that you believe may be some of the biggest threats to voting rights in our country this year? Yeah, I mean, I think Ben's exactly right. And I'm just going to add on to what he said and say that next to Donald Trump, the next biggest threat to our voting rights is Mitch McConnell. And, you know, look, here's the thing. They have known that that we are facing a pandemic and that people are going to have to choose between their health and their ability to safely cast a ballot uh, in November since March. And there have been, the House has done their job. The House actually passed uh, the funding needed to make sure that states could actually implement safe voting procedures. And they've been continuing to sit on it. And Joni Ernst has been doing that as well. Why? Because they actually don't want everyone's voices to be heard. That's what this really comes down to, right? Like they actually want to shut people's voices out of the process. So we have to be louder. We have to be more organized. We have to fight back even harder. Um, so when you get that mail-in ballot, you have to immediately return it. Don't wait till the end because they are trying to do everything they can in every process that they can to make sure that your voice isn't heard. And we just can't let that happen because everything is at stake. So I agree with Ben. It is everything from the, the uh, manipulation of the Postal Service to the voter IDs, to the voting purges that we're seeing, uh, to the fact that they won't give the states money that is needed to uh, fighting against drop boxes. So we just created a new campaign called Save the Vote, where we're going to fight back against this type of misinformation uh, and really go on the attack against Donald Trump and these lies that he and Mitch McConnell are spreading. No, thank you so much. And I, I think it is that imperative, right? There's so many things that so many barriers that are being put in front of people and access to the ballot box. Um, it, it's unbelievable. It, it's it's not constitutional. It's definitely not American. Um, Jason, can you kind of give a, a little bit of your perspective on, on what the biggest threats might be to, to voting rights? I mean, obviously, I disagree with everything that Ben and Tiffany said. No, I'm just kidding. Um, look, uh, I, I obviously agree with all that. And the only thing I'd add is that we have to make sure that we keep some perspective over the fact that 
it is not just a question of whether or not we prevent a lot more bad things from happening. We are on the precipice of really making a huge difference, right? That's why Ben mentioned Donald Trump and Tiffany mentioned Mitch McConnell, because you know, we sometimes forget that if you go back to like the day before the election in 2016, here's where we were in the country. We had been winning lawsuits on photo ID for years and the Republican legislatures across the country were punching themselves out and they were running out of steam and they were starting to pass like photo ID laws that were just photo ID and name only just to make Alec and the Koch brothers happy. They, they were running out of steam and they were giving up hope. Uh, and that's exactly where we wanted them to be. The other thing was, we were about to win the presidency and have the opportunity to, to completely change the Supreme Court, to literally end Citizens United. That, that's where things were in this country. And it was like within our grasp, within our sight, and certainly within our grasp. And then we know what happened. But the thing is, we're actually not that far from that position right now. Obviously, they've done a tremendous amount of damage without the Voting Rights Act to be in the way over the last few years. We know what's happened with the Supreme Court. But there's probably going to be changes on the Supreme Court over the next several years. There's also, I mean, if, if we take the Senate and we have the White House, we can pass the Voting Rights Act. We can go well beyond that. I mean, when President Obama said that we should get rid of the filibuster, if that's what it takes to get rid of Jim Crow laws, that's the leader of our party, and for all intents and purposes, being like, y'all, this is what we're doing. So my point is, we're going to get a lot of stuff done. It's not going to be academic anymore when we talk about a national voting holiday, when we talk, you know, any of this stuff. We can just do all of those things. So I want to make that clear that this is not just, I mean, we can sometimes, all of us, myself included, sound like, man, we better do this or democracy's over. I ain't saying that's wrong. What I am saying is that we can turn this thing completely around and go the other direction. And that's a really good reason to stay motivated um, for the next 60 odd days and make sure that uh, all of your friends and your family and everybody you know turns out to vote because the couch is always on the ballot and we, we can't let people choose the couch. They got to be at the polls. It's my honor, my privilege to turn it over to Iowa native and Congresswoman Katie Porter for tonight's keynote address at the Corn Feed. Um, I'm really excited about what 2020 is going to hold for Iowa. You have the chance to reelect Cindy and Abby, but also to send J.D. Shulton and Rita Hart to Congress. Um, and of course, you have the opportunity to get rid of Joni Ernst and elect Teresa Greenfield to the U.S. Senate. Those are leaders who are going to put working families first. We're going to fight for an Iowa economy that gives every hardworking Iowan a shot at being successful. During the past two years, including during the coronavirus pandemic, the House has passed legislation to get working families the help that they need. But so many bills, so many bipartisan, common sense bills have ended up sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. We passed legislation to shore up the Postal Service, to help people out of work due to the pandemic, to bring down the cost of prescription drugs. And those victories were made possible because you elected folks like Cindy and Abby. And I know JD and Rita will stand shoulder to shoulder with us as we pass those bills again and sign, see them signed into law by President Biden um, in the 117th Congress. So as someone who grew up in Iowa and now lives in a community where local officials are almost all Republican, there is so much important work to do, not only at the national level, but at the local level. So please continue the great work that you did in 2018 
flip the Iowa House um, and make progress on taking away the Republican majority in the Iowa Senate. Um, it's incredibly important. I've seen Iowans grassroots activism. I know what you're doing. I've seen your enthusiasm when I was there during the presidential race. And please keep it up. Keep pushing all the way through to November 3rd. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are mixed and edited by Greg Howenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week. What a Week.